Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Have you ever been in a, a situation where your goals and actions were opposed to each other? I mean, like the classic one is like, you know, getting, being healthy, getting in shape. You know, you want to be healthy, you want to get in shape, but you come home from a long day of work, and there's some leftover birthday cake in, in, the, in the kitchen, and so you get some birthday cake, you sit down, and you watch TV. You don't work out, you don't eat what you should. The, the goal of getting in shape and your actions are at odds with each other. Uh, or maybe, you know, like you want to be a productive worker, you know, you want to get ahead, and then, but you look down your phone, you're thinking, man, those candies are not going to crush themselves. And so you, then three hours later, you know, your, your actions and your goals are at, opposed to each other. They're at odds. And here's the problem with that, living that way, that it's not sustainable because they are at odds. The goal of excelling at your job and wasting time are at odds. Uh, the, 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 the goal of getting in shape and being healthy and the action of watching Netflix with a cake in your lap are at odds with each other that are not sustainable. Even if you are able to, to work out some and eat healthy some, you only have the appearance of, of being healthy but not actually being healthy. And I bring this up because this is what Paul is addressing to the believers in a region called Galatia. He starts off in verse 1. He says, for freedom, we all want freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Therefore, like, you, you want this freedom, but then you're going, you're, your goal of freedom and your actions are at odds with each other. And here's what's true. Every human heart desires freedom. It is the driving force behind all that we do. All of us are born into a fractured world. We feel this fracture very early on and we fight to escape from it. So the reason why you are driven or the reason why you are lazy, the reason why you are a spender or the reason why you are a saver, the reason why you're pursuing relationships or the reason why you are hiding from relationships is that we all are seeking freedom. Freedom from the things that haunt us, freedom from the things that gnaw on the inside of us, that weigh us down, that causes turmoil. We are all seeking freedom. We all want it. And the claim of Christ is he called us to it. And that's what Paul says. He says, he reminds them that it is the finished work of Jesus on the cross that gives you true freedom, that he beat hell, death, and the grave. He resurrected on the third day. He appeared to hundreds of people. He levitated into the clouds. He said he was going to return. And life as we know it will never be the same because he has set us free. But I don't feel free. Do you feel free? Or do you feel captive by the urges and surges and desires of your flesh. It's like you want to be help, healthy, you want this, but you're held captive by the desire for your couch and a cake. You and I want freedom. We want freedom from our soul. It is the driving force behind all that we do, but we end up doing the very opposite of what gives us true freedom. Verse 13, Paul says, for you are called to freedom. You are called to freedom. And then he adds a bit of a warning. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. The, the NIV says uh, to indulge the flesh. Do not use your freedom, in other words, for self. You are called to freedom. 
but just don't do what you want to do. Paul, I mean, what is, what is freedom except for an opportunity for the flesh? I mean, isn't that what freedom is? I mean, isn't that what we're told by, by the, the lyrics and the melodies and the art and the music, the sitcoms, the videos, the social media, that, that free, that's what freedom is? I mean, this isn't going to blow anybody's mind, but the cultural definition of freedom is I do what I want when I want. That's what freedom is. Freedom is choice. Freedom is, there, there are conservative definitions of that freedom, and there are liberal definitions of freedom, but freedom is I do what I want, when I want, with whom I want to do it with, and we even bring that into the church world. You know, Jesus has freed us from my sin, from my, from my shame, from my guilt, and he's given me a future and a hope to do what I want, when I want. Paul's like, you want freedom, but then you go back to the thing that enslaved you in the first place, which is yourself. You know, the past few years have taught us new rhythms, and, you know, as we endured social distancing and working at home and you know, we end up binging on entertainment or self-indulgence only to wake up feeling sad. I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm free. Why don't I feel free? I mean, I've got money in the bank. I've got opportunity. I've got resources. I can do what I want. Why do I not feel free? It's not self-indulgence. So what do we do? What's the opposite of self-indulgence? Well, if, we, if I was to stop the sermon right now, we'd begin to do what we normally do. We'd begin to architect a system of rules and regulations and, and, and things to do and, and not do. We would, we would, we would, we would uh, apply self-discipline. I mean, so last spring, you know, I'm a big sports guy. And so, like, you know, Tom Brady, if you guys know Tom Brady, Tom Brady, he reti- everybody, know, every generation knows Tom Brady. I mean, he's 87 years old. He's still winning Super Bowls. He, um, let me tell you about Tom Brady when I was a kid. Well, Dad, I know who Tom Brady is. He's right here in front of me. So he retires, and then he unretires. And, you know, the thing on, the thing on my, you know, the, the notifications is you got to try Tom Brady's diet. I mean, on a cheat day, he's eating blueberries. I mean, he is so disciplined. And if you are dealt, disciplined like Tom Brady, you too can win your proverbial Super Bowl. And so we think the opposite of self-indulgence is that we want to apply self-discipline, and that is exactly what the Christians in the region of Galatia did, and that is exactly what we do today. We have two very unhealthy paradigms in culture, in the church, philosophies, if you will, that point you to freedom. One is a life of self-indulgence, and one is a reaction to a life of self-indulgence, which is self-disciplined. But Paul says, if you accept that way of, if you accept circumcision, in other words, if you're unfamiliar with the book, circumcision is this, this idea that you have to do certain things and you have to not do certain things. You have to follow these rules and, you know, Christ is good, but you got to also do these other things to be accepted and you need to apply discipline. He says, if you do this, Christ will be of no advantage to you. And we are so convinced in the West that the way you fix self is self. I wonder what group you have more sympathy for, self-indulgence or self-discipline. Or maybe you like me, you mix and match. You apply, you know, you, you work out to, to tie. You know, you, you work out so that you can eat whatever you want. You work really hard so that at the end of the day you can do what you want. You work really hard so at the end of your life you can do whatever you want. 
You apply discipline so that you can do self-indulgence. But neither self-indulgence nor self-discipline is a path to freedom. So what is it? For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love and serve one another. So the opposite of self-indulgence is not self-discipline, but it's, it's love. What do, you, what do you mean, like the, the feeling of love? Because I, I, feel, I feel love. I feel like a loving person. No, it's, it's the action of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love does not seek its own. So freedom is not found in doing what I want when I want. Freedom is not found in self-indulgence. Freedom is not found in self-discipline. Freedom is found in love through serving others. Not pursuing self, fixing self, preferring self, cultivating self, but looking outside of self to love and serve other people. Now, most of us would think, well, wait a minute. Serving other people, we think this subconsciously or consciously that serving other people is an attack on my freedom. But Paul goes on, but the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, we're meant to look at our neighbor and think of them as having as much dignity and value as we apply to ourselves. So all the resources and time and energy we pour into ourselves, we are to look to our neighbor and pour that into them. But our individualistic mindsets and patterns and habits cause us to seek our own freedom on our own terms without regard of the well-being of our neighbor. I mean, it's, it is the basis of our economy. We live in what's called a service-based economy. The, the, the whole point of, of every day of our life is to get other people to serve us, to wash our cars, to, to fix our food, to you know, door dash our food, or to, 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 to have people do other things for us. That is what we're all pursuing. That is the definition of free. That is built into what America is all about, pursuing this life of happiness, of getting other people to serve us. And the Bible is diametrically opposed to that definition. It's not, a, it's not opposed to your freedom. It is opposed to your definition of freedom because your definition of freedom is opposed to you. Why is this true? Here's a Brian Mowry original quote. You ready for this? You can write this down. Love is motivated by the joy of sharing our fullness, but the pursuit of self is motivated by the desire to fill our emptiness. If you want to understand why you're so motivated, why we are so motivated to pursue ourselves. I mean, I'm having this conversation with my face today. It's like, oh man, like I just haven't, we haven't gone camping as much as I wanted to this year. I just feel like you know, all these other things, all these other people get in the way of what I want to do. I'm sad about it. There's, there's, an, there's something inside of us when we pursue self is a, a recognition of our emptiness, but 
what Christ has called us to, what Christ has done for us. He's, he's quelled that, that gnawing inside of us. He's, he's filled us, and he's given us everything that we need for, for life and godliness and, and a life that he's going to say that, that, that is walking by the Spirit. He's going to use that language as opposed to walking by the flesh is that we partner in the joy of, we're partnering in the Spirit and in the joy of the fullness of Christ filling us. We share this with others, when we love, we are not enslaved to use things or people to fill our emptiness. Because check out what it says in verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. I mean, we look at, I mean, this is, we look at, you know, 2022, we look at our culture, like, oh my gosh, this has never been, you know, our culture is so divided and it's never been this divided. And, and, and you know, all the, you know, the media and, and politicians, let me say, let me say this. The media and no politician has caused the division. They are just taking advantage of the division. What causes this division, which it just says, watch out that you don't bite and consume one another. It is the pursuit of self. And we've never lived in a day and age where pursuing self is, is like the value. To where if you do not do what makes you happy, it's almost like, you're, like you'd be afraid to admit that. Like, I'm not doing what makes me happy. Oh, you've you got to do that. you got to do whatever it takes. And it, who cares what the replications are? Who cares who you have to cut off? When you don't give yourself to love and serve others, you begin to criticize each other. In the Greek, it literally means you start acting like wild animals. Wild animals have the appearance of freedom, but they are, but they are uh, subject to their own impulses. In other words... Freedom and wholeness and the ability to walk in these things is removed from the self-seeking man or woman. This is, the, this is at the root of all the quarrels, all the fights, all the wars, all the hatred, all the racism is a self-seeking heart. Doing what makes me happy. That's what James says. Why do you fight? Why do you quarrel? Isn't it just simply that you don't get what you want? So Paul's definition of freedom is defined by the pursuit of self, uh, is not defined by the pursuit of self, but, but loving and serving others. And then he says, but, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they oppose to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Now, look at how big that is. Each one of us has something deep inside of us to walk in freedom, to walk in wholeness. It burns inside of us. We're trying to pursue it. We're trying to chase us. But there's this reciprocity thing going. There's this opposite, opposite thing going inside of us. No, me, self, I'm going to get freedom by pursuing what I want, when I want, what makes me happy. And the, even though that what we want is freedom and wholeness, we perpetually and constantly buy into the exposed lie that, that getting our own pursuit is finally going to be the thing that fulfills us. And this starts very early on. Can't wait to get to high school. Can't wait to get a phone. Can't wait to get a different phone. Can't wait to get a job. Can't wait to get a spouse. Can't wait to get a different spouse. Can't wait to get a home. Can't, get, can't, can't wait for this. Can't wait for that. And we get there. We think this is going to do it. We get there and we are wildly disappointed. And like a drug addict, we just up the dosage. And we up the dosage, and we up the dosage, and we up the dosage.
So what the prophet Isaiah is getting at when he says in chapter 55, why do you buy bread that doesn't satisfy? You keep buying it, keep buying it, keep buying it. Think it's going to work? Just the first time I pursued myself, it didn't make me happy, but maybe I need to do it more and better. Paul says, what you want is not what, what the Spirit wants. What does the Spirit want? It wants to set you free. Freedom is not found in being in control. Freedom is not found in being out of control, self-indulgence. Freedom is found in being under control of the Holy Spirit, of what God wants to do in your life. God wants to set you free. This is, the, this is the, the lie in the garden. The lie in the garden was you can be like God. You can do what you want whenever you want. And come, let me show you how to do that. And God says, I will show you a different way of freedom. That's why Paul says the desires of our flesh, and he's not talking about our skin, but he's talking about that part of you that's not yet submitted to God, that wants to do what it wants when it wants to do it, is leading you down a path of slavery and bondage. And it's not what you want to do. So when you hear things like, hey, you you want to give your life away, you're like, no, I, you know, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. The Bible's saying, of course you don't want to do that. But check out what Paul says. He says, now, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, we charismatics love to use this in the context of, of worship. Like, man, when, there's, when you're worshiping and like in, a, in a meeting and the spirit is there, it's like freedom to like really, you know, there's freedom in worship, and that is so true. That is so true. But that, the broader context of what Paul's talking about, Paul's talking about uh, uh, ministering this gospel, but in the context of ministering the gospel, feeling like self is being torn away. He's like, we are these fragile jars of clay, and even though the outer self is wasting away, the, the inner self is being built up day by day. And so he says, where the, where the Spirit is, the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, like with unveiled face, beholding, like keeping our eyes fixed on the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. And let me just say, we need transformation, not imitation. We, we are so tempted to just architect a system of rules of what we should do. I know, Brian, you know, I know it's coming. You know, where's the, where's the sign-up sheet for serving? I'll do it. You put the screws to me. It's, it, we don't need imitation. We need transfer, transformation into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord doesn't come from us. doesn't come from us. It can't come from us. It has to come from something else outside of us. We need to be saved from ourselves. That's the whole big idea of being a Christian, is that we are not the people we're supposed to be. We are a terrible leader of our lives. We need to be saved from us. And we need to be saved because you look at what Jesus lived, and this just blows my mind, and I could go anywhere in the Bible and just point out how 
the, the point of his life, and he has not come to be served, but to serve. But he was eating a meal in John 13. This is the night before he went to the cross. And I don't know what you would do if you knew that you were going to die the next day. But so he's having this meal, and the devil already prompted Judas, the guy to betray him, son of Simon. So he's sitting with his disciples, his disciples, you know, Judas, the guy who betray him, Peter, who would deny him, and the other ten who would abandon him. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Now let me just explain something, what that means. That means in that moment, and really in any moment, but especially in that moment, he wanted to highlight the fact that Jesus could have done whatever he wanted to the degree that he wanted to. In fact, later on he said, you know what, I could call a legion of angels and end all of you but I'm not going to do that. I have the freedom, the power to do that. Have you ever, have you ever played that game? You know, what, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? What would you do? Where would you go? What would you want to do? Where would you live? And we think about that every day. I, there's a place I want to live. There's a house I want to be in. There's a job I want to be in. There's a relationship I want to be in. There's, there's a preferred future that I have. What could I do if I could do whatever I wanted to do? Jesus could do whatever he wanted to do. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured out water in a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet, the one who would deny him, betray him, and reject him. That's what he did when he could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Now let's just take a moment to say, wow, wow. Don't put a Q-tip on the edge of that knife. Let it contradict every impulse that you have. I said a minute, we don't need imitation, we need transformation. There's no one who could live like that. Because Jesus is later gonna say, hey, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In other words, my, my goal for you isn't for you to do whatever you think is best for you and your family. I will do that, I will do what's best for you and your family, but not the way you think. I am calling you on this path to Calvary that ends with you giving away everything. Who, any takers? No way do you have this in you. No way, I don't. I think, Brian, man, I, I, I want to love like that. I just can't, I'm just not that kind of person. The thing I don't want you to do is, there's, there's several ditches, I just wanna be super clear. I don't want you to be crushed by this and think I'm just a terrible person, I need to try harder. I don't want you to, to, to dismiss this and think I can never be like this and then walk out. But here's what I want, I want for you to take that feeling of I, I want to love like this, but I just can't. I want you to know that is an amazing place to be and don't leave that place but turn that into a prayer. Turn that into a prayer and say, say, Jesus, will you, will you, beholding you, beholding you, not, not my own effort, not my own desires, not my own wishes, beholding you and what, how you lived and, and the life that you have for me. Will you fill me with your spirit? Will you fill me with your love? 
And in my experience, he comes crashing in every single time. He wants to fill you with the spirit. He wants to fill you with your love to do what it is that you really want deep in, in your soul, which is wholeness and freedom. He's called it. He's called you to it. He's called you to a life of freedom. And freedom is found in Jesus rescuing us. Not so that we can go figure it out on our own, because we can't. Not so that we can go do it in our own strength, but we can't. Not to, not to do what we want when we want, but to daily, but to daily walk in the power of his presence. So daily be plugged into the life source, which is him. And there's two communities. There's a verse 14 community that's serving and loving each other. And there's a verse 15 community that's biting and devouring each other. We, we wanna be a community that lives in verse 14 because that's where Jesus lives. And he's the one we're after. And he's the one we're following. He's the one we're trusting. And he's the one that we want to live in and through us. And he's made himself available to us. It's not living like Jesus. It's being transformed by Jesus. And he wants to do that. I've used this analogy before, but guys like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they're able to like give away large amounts of money. They're, they're able to do financial ther uh, therapy, financial philanthropy because they have an excess over here and they're able to give it away. So you'll hear a story, oh my gosh, they gave away $500 million. You're thinking, oh, it's a huge sum. That is like half the interest they made on their money last year. It's nothing. They don't even know it exists because they have money and money to spare. So they're able to do, they're able to do financial therapy. We, we... We are those who have been eternally loved by the God who is love. We are connected to the source. You and I have love and we have it to spare. And we could do love philanthropy. On our own bank accounts, man, we don't really have much. And so to give away something means, ah, it feels like a, a big loss of self. But man, we are, we are connected to that source. And every time you encounter a situation where you feel like, oh, that's not what I want to do, it's not it's not a moment to turn and go another direction, nor is it a moment to white knuckle it and try to do it in your own strength. It is a moment to be like, oh man, I don't have it in me. God, I need your power. I need your presence to flood me right now because everything in me wants to run from this. One will lead to slavery and one will lead to your freedom. Christ is for your freedom. Would you stand with me? Would you? Would you make this the testimony of Jubilee Church not to rely upon the flesh, not to work from a place of our own emptiness, but to daily be filled by God so that we can partner with this spirit to pour love upon a world who knows nothing of it, who knows nothing of freedom, who knows nothing of hope. Jesus, we just confess that we are miles away from the life that you have for us. But God, we, we know as we behold you that you are moving us from one degree of glory to that. You're moving us toward yourself. You're conforming us into the image of your son. You're freeing us. We have been set free. We wanna walk in the experience of that. We know that it's not by doing what we want when we want, but it's being 
It's coming, it's coming and receiving the power of your spirit. So right now, God, we just say, we don't love like we ought, we want to love. We need your spirit to come upon us. And we just pray for that. We surrender to you. We're gonna sing a song of surrender. And I just would encourage you, don't run from this example and don't allow it to crush you, but make it a prayer. God, I wanna, I wanna be filled by you. I want this freedom. I feel that gnawing. I feel this need to make something of myself. But that just takes me to bondage. I want to be free, free to love, free to care. So God, would you fill us with your spirit and your love?